This economic report is sponsored by Rick Kelb, Wealth Management Advisor with Northwestern Mutual since 1983 on Spring Street, Nevada City at rickkelb.com. Gary Zimmerman, uh, nice to have you back. Uh, let's talk about the economy. Lots going on, starting with the Federal Reserve's monetary policy meeting that they're having this week. And maybe we'll talk about inflation and then, of course, the big one, the national debt. Uh, does that sound good? <laughs> Thanks, Paul. That's that's a lot to cover in several minutes, so let's get started. Okay. Yes, the Federal Reserve policymakers, uh, that's the 12 Federal Reserve Bank presidents from around the country and the Federal Reserve governors from Washington, D.C., are meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday of this week to discuss and consider and evaluate the economy and the financial markets and to vote on an appropriate monetary policy for the economy, given the Fed's goals for full employment and low and stable inflation. Um, so that's ha happening this week, then? Yes. And the big question, Paul, is that, you know, economists and financial analysts are certainly thinking about what the economic and financial data are telling us and what the policymakers might decide and why. Um, at the meeting this week, I don't expect the Fed to make any significant changes to short term or overnight interest rates or to announce they'll make immediate or will immediate changes or start slowing or reducing the bond buying program that's designed to lower the longer term interest rates. But they undoubtedly will be discussing and debating these decisions and their timing um, at this meeting. Um, you know, I think they'll likely wait to get a better handle on the impact of COVID and the Delta variant on the economy. And then also on inflation, the question is, is the recent increase just a temporary spike or are we going to continue to see it you know, at rates well above uh, 2%? And it may still be too early to know there. And then also, you know, as of this week, suddenly we have an increased risk of uncertainty about the economy over what might happen with the debt ceiling increase and you know, <laughs> problems there. Well, we'll get to that in a couple of minutes. But first, um, how will we know what the Fed decides to do with interest rates and other monetary policy tools like say, buying bonds? That'll be headline news, Paul. So the easy answer is that the uh, decision is announced about 30 minutes after the two-day meeting concludes on Wednesday. Um, after that meeting, Fed Chair Jay Powell will have a press conference and we'll learn more about what they discussed and what the Fed was thinking about you know, potential policy changes or continuing with current policy and, and why. Um, so that's that's important. Another thing is that, you know, three weeks after this meeting, they will actually release the minutes of that meeting or the Fed will publish them and we'll get to see what they were discussing and debating um, before they made their decision. So that's an important information for keeping track of what what they're likely to do in the future and sort of signaling about future behavior. Well, Gary, last time we spoke, you mentioned the Fed policymakers projections from their June meeting. Are they expecting inflation to continue rising or to maybe fall back? closer to the 2% goal. Yeah, 2% inflation is the Fed's average or longer run goal. Uh, so the recent movement and trends in the overall inflation data clearly will be discussed and analyzed. Um, the recent surge in key inflation indicators in 2021, as the economy has been expanding rapidly, um, there have also been supply shortages and production bottlenecks as resulting from the overhang from COVID. And all of those have, you know, are having effect of driving up, driving up prices and wages to some extent. So those will be important topics to discuss. 
Um, still, at their, with their June projections and the Fed chair's recent congressional testimony, uh, suggests to me that most of the policymakers believe the spike in inflation will be temporary and not the start of a, a major overall inflationary trend. Well, Gary, given the national debt has been in the news recently with some politicians suggesting it should not be raised, uh, what does that mean and what repercussions might it have on the economy? (laughs) Well, Paul, uh, um, in a word, potentially, uh, I would say catastrophic. Um, The federal government has been running large deficits, spending more than it receives, and um, that has been the case uh, most of the time, at least since the late 1990s, and that's not necessarily a crisis uh, at current debt levels, you know, although one might fairly ask what's the optimal or appropriate level of national debt relative to the size of the economy, um, you know, and, and we're perhaps a little on the high side, but, you know, Today, the public debt um, holdings are about equal to the annual GDP for the economy. Um, that's that's not a crisis level, in my opinion. You know, still, um, you know, it's important to remember that the 2018 corporate tax cuts, um, the 2020 COVID spending, the 2021 any additional COVID-related spending, uh, trying to get the economy back to a full recovery. All of these were mostly financed by borrowing or will be financed by borrowing. Well, Gary, one more question. What happens if the federal government can't borrow? Oh, boy. Uh, (laughs) I think we go from a political stunt to potential catastrophic, you know, disaster. So if the federal government can't borrow or worse yet starts failing to pay back or even creates the impression or the possibility that they're not going to pay back um, some of their debts, the U.S. Treasury will go from being the lowest cost risk-free borrower in the economy, paying the lowest interest rates to borrow, uh, to suddenly becoming, uh, as a result of politics, I think in this case, becoming a high-risk, high-cost borrower, or worse, they may not be able to borrow at all if, if people are not expecting to get paid back. So, you know, and that's a problem. They need to refinance um, about $22 trillion in publicly held federal government debt, uh, in addition to any new debt uh, that comes out, you know, each year. So, you know, and I think another important point from my that I worry about is, uh, you know, could this could cause uh, disruptions to the whole financial system? Uh, it's important because the U.S. Treasury debt, which is, you know, makes up the national debt, is often used as the risk free collateral for many financial transactions and financial instruments in the economy. Um, losing that risk free perception would totally disrupt the financial markets, uh, both in the U.S. and globally, where, you know, U.S. debt is, is held by investors or directly or as collateral. Um, so failure to raise the debt ceiling, um, you know, causing the perception that, you know, we could get U.S. Treasury defaults um, could just cause severe market disruptions that, you know, could be catastrophic and probably would lead to much higher interest rates for many borrowers. So, you know, in the past, most of the time, cooler heads have eventually prevailed. Um, and, you know, this has not happened, but, you know, it's it's a risk time when we probably don't need any more risks. Thank you, Gary. Okay. Thank you. Gary Zimmerman is a retired senior economist for the San Francisco Reserve in San Francisco and currently is a visiting professor at the Vienna University of Economics and Business in Austria, where he teaches courses in economics and finance.